aerodynamic affirmations designed to keep your spirit soaring high. You're listening to We Fly, a podcast. Happy New Year. Happy 2017. Happy 2017. That was very sultry. That's what I was getting at. You was aiming for that? I was aiming for sultry. Well, I like that. And that's why I love being on this show. What is this show called? Uh, This is the first episode of a new podcast called We Fly. Why why are we calling this We Fly? Why why is it not We Hop? Well, before we tell them why we call that, maybe we should tell them who we are. So, who is you? Who is I? Yeah. My name is Sir Jaha Smith. You could call me your excellence, mm. Frederick Douglass 5000. Yes. Or you can simply call me the Black Boy Alchemist. Excellente. And I go by Sarah or Sarah Makiba or Geechee Gal Grio. So this podcast is called We Fly. Tell them why we calling it that. Well, it I think it harps on the wonderful African folklores we read growing up. Mm-hmm. African-American folktale, um, specifically The People Could Fly by Virginia Hamilton. And this is a story that I grew up hearing. Um, surprised to find out that a lot of people haven't heard it. And it's basically about uh, a plantation where there are enslaved Africans. One enslaved woman in particular is working very hard with her baby, a young little girl tied up on her back. And... Uh, you know, she is working in this hot sun. Her baby starts to cry. She swings her to the front to feed her. And when she does, the overseer runs up, cracking his whip, telling her to get up, get back to work. Who does she think she is? Stopping, prioritizing her child. I like that part. Who, do you, who does she think she is? For real. Feeding her baby exactly. right now. Exactly. Like, you think you somebody? You think you have autonomy? You think you have choice? So, they was against breastfeeding back during slavery times, even though a lot of white men was raised on black breasts. But continue. We can talk for hours about foolishness and slavery. But anyway, this enslaved woman is feeling broken down and defeated. He has whipped her to the ground. She don't think she can get up. And right at that moment, an older enslaved man, an elder, runs up to her. And as he is running, he starts whispering these magical African words. And with these words, this young woman remembers who she is. She remembers what she can do. She remembers that she could fly. And she steps up in the air with her baby and flies away. And then I believe the other people were able to follow her Mm -hmm. because the elder man was whispering the words to everyone yeah, from there. He just kept running through the field. He was like, I'm going to let everybody know. And um, for those who could not remember the magic or who were unfamiliar, they could not fly. You know, mm. and he knew that everybody couldn't go. So uh, finally, he flew away as well. And those who were left were left to tell the story. And um, that has always been extremely powerful to me. My parents were both storytellers, griots, performers. And so I grew up hearing the story along with song and dance and no more auction block for me but it uh it brings a lot of important points to mind one the idea that when the black woman is lifted up everybody is lifted up with her and that was 
definitely the theme of my blog, She Could Fly, and my original podcast, She Could Fly, which celebrated the overall flyness of black women. But also, as I said, we wanted to expand it and talk about the rest of the community who is equally important and who equally needs to be uh, uplifted and celebrated as we enter into these crazy times. So basically, this podcast is like a magical spell. And if you have a beautiful imagination, or maybe you're still working on reclaiming your imagination, let this serve as a magical spell for mm-hmm. your flight, for your departure, if you will. This is a magical spell for healing, upliftment, empowerment. Again, you know, my purpose and passion is the upliftment of black women, black girls, black families. What that belief is that if we are lifted up, the entire community can only come with us. So we have a practice every morning of uh, meditation. We try to clear our head, um, you know, sort of get geared up for the day and Generally, when we do that, we set our intentions. So we want to start every podcast with um, sharing our intentions for this day. And we encourage you to find any and every way you can care for yourself and get your head in the game. I'll start it off this morning when we meditated. My intent was to be filled with compassion. Compassion not only for myself, but compassion for those who seem committed to do me harm. I'm speaking very specifically of the president-elect and his entire administration. And um, I've definitely had to work through feelings of very warranted rage, anger, and fear. But um, wholly, I want to carry compassion in my heart because I know that fear and rage cannot be sustained without taking me out. So I intended to carry out my day with compassion with caring, also with gratitude. It's really easy to, again, get scared, to worry about how you're going to pay your bills, how you're going to keep gas in your car, how you're going to move forward, how you're going to take care of yourself, and to just express gratitude for the friends and family who have looked out for me in ways that I am so grateful I am worthy of. And... I think that's cool. Like, this morning, my form of meditation was about asking the universe how I can help it Mm -hmm. serve its purpose. Mm -hmm. Because if I acknowledge the universe and all of its wonderful splendor, if you will, it acknowledges me back. Mm -hmm. It says, oh, you see me. I see you. You you understand what I'm trying to do. How can I help you? Because you're helping me. And I believe in that fully. So every morning when I wake up, I meditate and I ask the universe, how can my talents, how can my art, whatever it may be, how can I serve a larger purpose and how can I better serve the universe with those skills? Mm -hmm. Because I know if I help the universe out, it's going to help me and it's going to help other people. And that chain of reaction is going to continue to to, to continue. It's just going to continue to go on. Mm-hmm. People are going to be like, oh, I was inspired because James said hello to me or something. You know, that's just simple. But a small hello like that can make someone feel good about themselves 
and they'll pass that hello on to somebody else. So it's not even doing the biggest thing. It's not writing a check for a thousand dollars. Sometimes it's just saying, I support you and I respect you. And I see you. And I see you. I think you. about when yeah. you say hello, it's not even that you feel important, but it feels good to feel seen. And, uh, that's, that's just really important because you can walk throughout the streets and feel invisible, walk through the world and feel like nobody understands you, nobody can see you. But it's important to acknowledge the humanity in everyone. And that is that's an important intention because, you know, you can you can avoid that. You can forget about doing that. We also talked about wanting to check in mm-hmm. at the beginning of every episode. And you can talk a little bit about that process. But just imagine if. You were all sitting around a table and you had a meeting, no matter what the meeting might be about. And you said, before we begin this meeting, I want to know what's going on in your life. You don't have to share anything too personal, but what's going on in your life that we can know so we can have an understanding of how you feel. Maybe you, you lost your, your, your favorite pet. We want to know about that because we, we want to share that compassion we want to be empathetic. So basically checking in is a means to have empathy or compassion for someone's narrative. Mm-hmm. And also just to give that individual an opportunity to let it out. You know, if they had not had that opportunity before. And I've definitely utilized checking in and checking out in a lot of healing circles. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly um, sister circles that I went through last year. Shout out to Drew. and Drew! <laughs> And we also checked in and checked out at Azul, which is, of course, the magical tree house in the mountains of Asheville. It is a magical tree. For those of you who might not believe in magic, if you believe it, if you went to Asheville and you went to Lion Den's Road, I, I believe that's where Azul is. This is wonderful tree house or cabin. It's not, she said tree house. It's not a tree house. It's made out of a tree. It's, it's made out of a tree. It's made out of wood. And it's a house. It's a house. And it's magic. And it's sitting on, not on top of a mountain, but on the hillside of what seems to appear to be a mountain. And there, <laughs> there's tons of artwork inside the house. This wonderful um, French couple. Um, the husband, I am drawing a blank about, but the um, he's deceased. But the wife, her name is Camille. And she literally took the house and organized it in such a way where there's a beautiful science to the architecture of that place. So if you see this podcast on your Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, look out for different links talking about Azul because we will be posting different retreats. If you just want to get away from it all, I recommend you go to that place and it's just... It's like an artist retreat space. Basically. And it is for artist retreats. If you have any more questions about that, just uh, look for different links in the future on either of our Facebooks. Absolutely. So I'm going to go ahead and start with a check-in. What is real is I started off my day really positive. I... um. Shout out to the Friend Zone podcast because Hey Fran Hey um, let us know that Yoga by Adrian started her 31 day yoga journey that she always does at the beginning of the year. So I started that. Um, was pleased to do it. You know, felt really motivated. Did our meditation, set my intention, got some work done, and 
around midday, my energy just started dropping off and I was just not here for it. And I just felt like the country was going to shit and what am I going to do and what are we going to do? And they're trying to take insurance away from the babies and everybody else. And I am familiar with being uninsured. I've been uninsured most of my life. Grateful that last year I was employed by a company um, so that I could pay for insurance. But again, beginning when I moved to Georgia, filled out the application just so, you know, they wouldn't take my tax return because I didn't apply. Mm -hmm. And they nicely told me that I was eligible for low, no payments, but the state of Georgia did not accept government aid. So mm -hmm. I'm used to that. That's what they told me when I lived in South Carolina. So I was freaked out and sad by that, but I'm used to it. I'm used to taking the best care of myself as possible. But it was just really heartbreaking thinking about all those people who will now be uninsured. Um, and again, trying to hold that compassion for people who really voted against their livelihood and their well-being based on ignorance or misunderstanding or hatred or whatever. Even they, you know, my highest self doesn't want them to just drop dead because mm -hmm. our country doesn't prioritize our health so i am okay my mood is up and down my hormones are on 10 checking in all right and before i go to go in into my check-in i would like to give a shout out to our sponsor air <laughs> yes if it wasn't for you where would we be where would we be where would we be without Suffocating, air? maybe? Child. Loss of words because we can't breathe? Shout out to Air. That's one of our favorite sponsors. That's real. That's real talk. But for me, checking in, today I woke up. Once again, we, we talked about meditation. I meditated this morning for at least 10 minutes with my wonderful co-host. And from there, I, I don't know... I think after I meditate every morning and you'll start to learn that I have, I wear many hats. I'm an African, West African percussionist. And when we speak about West African percussion, we're talking about the Ivory Coast. We're talking about Mali. We're talking about Guinea. I practice playing different types of rhythms from those different parts of Africa within those countries. And every morning after I meditate, I drink my water. I take my supplements. Shout out to water. Shout out to water. That's another sponsor. We're going we're gonna to talk about that in a minute. But I take my supplements and then I practice for at least, at least two hours. If I can only get an hour 30 in, that's cool. If I can only do 30 minutes, that's cool. But I try to honor my body, my mind, and my spirit by practicing for at least two hours. And within that time, I'm still meditating. So I take the 10 minutes out to just meditate without doing anything. And then I'll meditate while playing uh, different rhythms or really trying to master the rhythms that, I've, that I already know within the, uh, the dialect and the customs and the culture of West Africa. My, the rest of my day was filled with basically research. And I think as far as my energy is concerned, because I just love researching and reading, mm -hmm. it's been a pretty chill day for me. So my check-in is that 
still chilling, still vibing out. Just love having conversations and talking. That's what's up. I'm glad we're conversing and talking with each other. And like I said, my mood has really been up and down. That's real. But the highest part of me knows that all things will work together for good. So even though there's something crazy in the news every day, and that's not just in America, that's all over the world. There is turmoil because we're moving towards something greater. Um, Everything will work together for good. But it is really important that we stay ready so that we don't have to get ready. That's something that my daddy lives by. My daddy has always taught me to be vigilant. So with that being said, we are starting this podcast off with a series. That series is called Black Mental Health Matters, A Holistic Approach. Jai, you want to talk a little bit about why we decided to pop off, start it up with Black Mental Health? Well, I think before you can take off from an airport in any plane, there has to be fuel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have to check the engines. Mm -hmm. You also have to do maintenance on that aircraft. So when it's in the air, it can stay in the air. And when it chooses to come down, it can come down without, you know, you risk the chance of crashing on land, on, on the process of landing. You risk not having the proper mechanics being operable while that plane is in flight. So when we talk about mental health, we're talking about how do we help people? And also, how do we help ourselves Mm -hmm. to take off? Mm -hmm. And also... Take flight. To take flight. Queen Sugar. Hey. That's another spot. No, it's not a (laughs) spot. I wish it was a spot. Ava DuVernay. We love you. That's another sponsor. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, One of my favorite characters on that is... uh, uh, Is his name? The young man. Blue. Blue is the sun, ain't it? Yeah. Blue, no, not blue. The the um, the brother. I know. I can't remember his name now because you're asking about it. But y'all know the one we're talking about. And I, I know his name. I know it because it's it's so it's something Junior something. But he talks Ralph like, Angel. Ralph Angel. <laughs> it's Ralph it's Angel. that's that's right. Is Ralph Angel. Ralph Anywho, Angel. I'm gonna do a little brief impersonation. No. Yes, go do it, babe. Sure All right, Ralph, Ralph Angel. Look, look, Blue, your mom ain't coming in today. She got to she gotta go to work. I'll take you to school myself, Blue. Now, look, I'm trying to be the best daddy I could be. I mean, you know, I love watching it because it's, it's deeper than just <laughs> that accent. But the, all the characters have something you can sink your teeth into. They're so full and round and come in just every beautiful shade and accent and ideology and really we could spend a whole episode talking but, about the amazing black content that came out last year and it's going to continue but back to the concept of black health matters a holistic approach we're basically talking about how do we help people stay in the air Mm. And how do we teach people when to land? Mm. So knowing the difference, knowing when to fly and knowing when to stay grounded and knowing the difference. Basically, this podcast is about examining the things that 
are keeping us grounded against our will. Mm. And some of the things that has the illusion of flight. Mm. Maybe it might be different social norms that say if you behave or act like this, this gives you this type of success. If you look and behave like this, then you're a failure. Mm. And we're also examining the historical elements that has deterred or delayed our flights as well in a mental sense. Because there's many things that we are working through that we are constantly fighting every day. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to make this brief statement. I remember when I was younger and I was sitting in high school or even middle school and I was sitting in a cafeteria and I would just look around and I would see all these black kids there. You know, my face, the hue of my skin tone, my color. And we were so angry. Mm. Very angry. And I couldn't put my I couldn't put my put my finger on it. You know, I always wondered why were these young black men so anxious to jump on each other? Mm-hmm. Why were these young black women so anxious to jump on each other? Mm -hmm. It was more, everything was competitive. Who had the best shoes? Who had had the best clothes? It wasn't a lot of celebration going on. Of who you were as an individual and what you thought and your feelings? Well, once again, it wasn't about me per se. Mm -hmm. Because collectively it's about us. But by understanding... That we didn't see us in each other, that was problematic for me, and I couldn't put my, I couldn't, I couldn't fix my lips, as my mother would say, to say those words at that time because I wasn't thinking like that. Mm-hmm. But that energy, which has been something that we've been dealing with, that sadness, those different forms of depression, those different forms of stress and anxiety, they didn't stop with our ancestors; they were passed down. Mm-hmm. So basically, this podcast is about identifying those things, offering different resources for it, because I'm not a psychologist or a, a doctor of any kind. I'm just a young black man who reads a lot of books and talks to just about everybody about any any topic or subject. That's what I do. And I found a lot of healing from the conversations that I've had. Mm-hmm. So my view, as much as I possibly could say, is well-rounded as, as I can make it be. I agree. And, you know, we definitely talked about this Black Mental Health series and our reasons behind it. But your explanation just now was really excellent when you just think about the things that keep us grounded against our will or the things that we can do to ensure and recall that we can fly we can do and be anything i think that's very powerful a lot of times we have conversations about what can we do why did this happen there's so much that we see that's wrong and then it always comes back to you well you know mental health well you know we Mm -hmm. are all suffering mentally you know the whole earth all of us here in this country are struggling with our mental health so Mm -hmm. we definitely wanted to prioritize prioritize our mental health from jump because I know the day after the election for me was like oh god what are what are we going to do 
what are we going to, well, what can we do? We can take care of ourselves. We can love ourselves. We can attempt to heal ourselves because you know what? It's not anyone else's responsibility. And clearly, they don't want us to heal ourselves anyway. So um, just to provide a definition for mental health, I found it's a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being, also a state of well-being. And um, we have a lot of different episodes to come where we're going to talk about different aspects of mental health or just different things that we see that we care about with the idea of the black mental health in mind. And so for this first episode, what was really cool is over the holiday, we went both to my family's home in South Carolina. And we went to my family's home in Daytona Beach, Florida. Yes, and um, while we were there, what was cool is we interviewed both of our families about their ideas on mental health as well as self-care and just, you know, what they see for themselves, what they see for the future of blackness. And I am excited about sharing it with y'all because obviously we both love our families and they had a big old role in making us who we are today. Yes, especially coming from the the typical foundation for a lot of our families is a lot of us grew up in the church. A lot of us, you know, had that big mama. A lot of us had that uncle that you loved him, but the family might have looked at him a little different or, or whatever it may be. We all have very similar family narratives. And I think with this the interview that we did for our families, it really gave voice to how they felt about mm-hmm. mental health. How mm-hmm. they how did they feel about depression? Mm-hmm. How did they feel about self care strategies? How did they feel about the next generation? What they can do? So those are some of the questions we, we asked to our families. But it was wonderful to hear what they had to say. Yeah, I definitely think they appreciated the opportunity to express these things. And for some of them, they may express them all the time. But you could tell there was a lot of gratitude. And we definitely want to replicate that experience. Our stories are important. Our voices are important. And we definitely seek to amplify and celebrate as many voices as possible. So South Carolina, on my end... We interviewed my mother and father, Natalie and Ron, and my younger brother, Simeon. And on my family side, we interviewed my older brother, James Peterson. Yes, tell them their whole names <laughs> and their <Okay>. address. <laughs> yes, he lives at 2-3 Lane. No, we, we, uh, because, you know, my name is James, too. And Jaha basically is a combination of my name, et cetera, et cetera. But basically... A combination of what? James Harris. Yeah, you got to say the last name, too. Okay, so quick story. Everyone was like... My family even questioned me. It was like, yo, so you calling yourself Jaha on Facebook? What's up with that? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I used to work at the cafe to shorten our names and to make it very difficult for the customers. No, to make it easier for the customers. Um... They gave was they took the first two initials of our first name 
and the first two initials of our last name and combine it. And it's Jaha. To give more reference to my family, my brother is James Peterson. My mother has since remarried and now her last name is Kinnick. Mm-hmm. So we interviewed my brother James. We interviewed my sister-in-law. We also What's interviewed... Her name? her name is Tisha. We interviewed my Aunt Olivia. Mm-hmm. We also interviewed my mother, Ernestine. Miss Ernestine. Miss Ernestine. And she said that I was doing this to find out how crazy the family was. But she was joking around. And when we got done with this conversation, she basically said, we should do this more often. She said we should take our show on the road. Take our show. Because you know... You know the old folks, they love saying take things on the road. <laughs> but well, Shout out to the elders. We love y'all and we hope that you're listening. And uh, throughout this series and podcast, we definitely want to celebrate your wisdom and the power that is in intergenerational communication. So you see some of that exemplified in these different interviews that we had. We're ranging from age to, I think the youngest interviewee was my brother, 23, all the way up to what mid sixties, you would say. Mid sixties. I don't know my mother's age because she says it really quick during her birthday, and then it goes on years, and she won't tell us our tell us her age until I don't know. Huh. We just we'll just find out one day. That's interesting. <laughs> That's really strange. So then I'm like, so in a way, in the way she does it, mm-hmm. it's like I don't even know my age sometimes. Because we don't ever talk. Like, somebody be like, how old you are? I was like, hmm, I don't even ask myself that question. Am I, am I 29? You know, so my mother has... It's weird how you pick up on the the traditions of your family mm-hmm. without even knowing that you picked it up. You know? So, basically, that's the, the summary of... What we did in Florida and Georgetown, we interviewed our families and their their perspective about mental health was really revealing. Yeah. And I think it definitely gives you an idea of who we are, how we got to where we are. And so definitely want to express gratitude to our families, especially the parents, because, you know, as an adult, you can see. You can really see the strength of their patience and you begin to understand. You begin to understand perhaps their perspective when they were raising you. Yes. Isn't it grand to realize that your parents are not just parents, they're people. That's important. So we're going to go ahead and let these interviews play for you. I think that you will be uh, inspired, hopefully empowered, hopefully just intrigued by the feelings of these people that we love. This is your captain speaking with just a little flight information. We're flying at an altitude of 37,000 feet and our airspeed is 400 miles an hour. So just sit back and relax and enjoy the rest of the flight. We all know we're getting ready to uh, 
We have been in a transitional period, but uh, things are continuing to transition. We are headed towards a, a great awakening. And um, things are gonna be a little rocky before they get better. Um, we do wanna acknowledge the things that are continuously getting better. And so everything that we learn we want to share. We want to share coping mechanisms. We want to share help. We want to manifest healing and light. And so this episode is just a sort of introduction to what we're going to be talking about. And I'm talking about it with the people that we love, the people who have helped shape and morph us into the people that we are today. So we just have a few questions for them, a little open dialogue to see where their heads are and what, what they're thinking about regarding our mental health, how we're going to go into the new year, what things we want to manifest for the future. I find this so beautiful to be at this in this moment right now because I don't know where there are times where black families sit down and say, hey, what do you do to cope with depression? What, what do you do to... What do you do for self-love? What do you do for this and, and that? And I'm not going to say that is something that does, it, it's, it's like a rare unicorn, but I often feel like there's a lot of problems in our communities because we don't have these real holistic conversations, you know? And, and saying that, I want to start off our little open dialogue with this first question. And the question is, what does mental health and wellness mean to you? Mental health and wellness mean to me. I think one, having a clear idea of ways in which society plays into the way you think. I think two, having a very clear idea and definition on what emotional maturity means. Mm. Uh, I think too many times we let our emotions uh, guide our decisions mm -hmm. without ever having healthy talks about ways in which we can have our emotions work for us instead of mm -hmm. against us in most cases. So as a young black man uh, dealing with emotions and knowing that you might be around peers who might not express or show their emotions, how do you combat that? I think for one, it was being in touch with my own emotions and actually being able to pinpoint and call them out for what they are. For instance, a lot of black boy or my peers, you know, they get angry. You know, it's a stigma within the community, you know, the, the angry black man. Really, it's not anger what you have right now or what you're feeling you could really be exhibiting fear it could be annoyance it could be irritation it could be sensitivity to a certain issue but you haven't learned to express it through those avenues so it comes out as anger mm. so once you're able to have those talks being around those peers you can actually see it for what it is mm. you're not angry right now you just hurt or hungry or hungry or hungry misunderstood mm -hmm. You know, and that's a lot of time what it is mostly. We're not, we're, you're really not angry. You're just misunderstood. Misunderstood. And it seems like um, from a perspective of a young black man, myself, you know, there's been plenty of times when I've been angry, upset, and I used to hold my emotions or 
I would just keep them inside and I would not let them go unless I was like I would like to I love getting into fights and I mm-hmm. love to I would love for someone to make me angry so I can mm-hmm. express it then, mm-hmm. versus like oh let me get this out now so mm-hmm. I don't hurt anyone we have a lot to be mad about we do you know, we do. Word to Solange. Thank you, Solange. As well as, you know, we have a lot to be heard about, too. Mm. But too many of us think that being hurt or showing hurt is a sign of weakness. Mm. You know, we too highly uphold anger as a sign of strength, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to being vulnerable with what you're actually feeling. Um, I was just thinking because Sarah and I were having a conversation yesterday talking about um, signs of strength and it, it just sort of piggybacks on that a little bit because which which I don't want to lead us into a different direction no, not but in terms of terms of thinking about emotional health and for me a lot of what was feminine energy to me was weakness mm-hmm. and so in my family I looked at my father as strong and my mother as weak mm-hmm. because she did have emotional issues mm-hmm. and she was very dependent and very needy and so for me I did not want to exhibit these feminine these qualities that were association associated with femininity mm-hmm. because they were weak when you're talking about weak strength mm-hmm. there was strength and so I wanted to be strong and mm-hmm. I attributed that with sort of masculine tendencies or or or, or presentation mm-hmm. and so even though I was a little girl and I was a very, I mean, I was a feminine-looking woman. Mm. My walk was my father's walk. Mm. And how I approached issues, or I did not, I did it, I tried to be unemotional in my approach to some of these things. Mm. Because to me, to say I'm in pain or to be needy or to need someone or to be dependent on someone was weakness. Mm. I think to touch on what you just said, even that idea of um, time masculine energy to strength and feminine energy yeah so weakness also breeds uh mental unhealthiness if you would okay you yeah. know because like we're back on you know talking about anger you know mm-hmm. black men get angry a lot of times when people get angry they have a short fuse mm-hmm. let's go hit something be done with it or you know i'm angry i don't want to do this anymore mm-hmm. i'm angry f the world but a lot of times if you look, it's the women or the feminine strength that be like, I'm angry, but I'm going to stick through this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm angry, but I'm going to endure. Mm-hmm. But if you tie feminine energy to weakness, mm-hmm. then you miss a whole world of strength because of the title of feminine and masculine, because yeah. you know, you're, you're looking for the I, wrong thing. I completely agree to that. I've seen multitudes of women, um, whether I knew them through my mother's um, friends or you know grandmothers and aunties they've been through some horrific things and yes I know a lot of strong men but the, the women that I know how are you here that like, how how Sway, how, how, did, <laughs> how did you make it you know and to the, the hear their stories and be like I mean we all have trauma we all have PTSD from the traumatic events of the past and the present. The past and the present, um, sp- specifically regarding enslavement, 
specifically regarding the displacement of uh, people from different parts of the world who are um, African descendants and their pain is still within our cell walls, our DNA. Mm-hmm. And then you have to look at, I mean, because we you know this podcast is called She Could Fly. Mm-hmm. You have to look at just of, of the, the, the issues of femininity and, and womanhood as, as well as, you know, we, we deal with this history of enslavement mm-hmm. and we deal with this weight. And, and as, as James said, you know, um, the black woman, like, let's hold it together. They took her man. Let's hold it together. Let's hold it together. Let's hold it together. We'll hold it together. We'll keep on. And to carry that. And yet at the same time, you know, you're, you're just as human being. Mm-hmm. We are not superhuman beings. No. And, um, you know, so I think so many of the health issues that are in our community are, um, they, they are manifestations of the burden that we have, that we've been carrying, um, that we can't, one, like I said, we can't show our weaknesses, we can't break down because we're holding up, we're carrying everybody. Or our belief is we're carrying everybody. So you're strong for your, for your man and you're strong for your children. And when they take your men away or something happens and your man can't hold these brakes, you're strong until he gets it back together again. And then you give birth and you're strong. And, but you're human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think historically, black men and women mm. could, could not say anything. Mm. They, ha- they both mm. had to keep on going. They were continuing to go on despite that. Um, And I think that's very important. In a whole other sense, another important part in which mental health is an important part of wellness, sometimes it's a medical issue. Sometimes there are differences in hormonal levels in men and women that are not where they should be mm-hmm. and that could be influenced greatly by different medications mm-hmm. that we are taking as well as ones we may need to take but are not mm-hmm. taking and that brings an imbalance to our emotional spiritual as well as physical well-being mm-hmm. and then there is mental health mm-hmm. because there's this imbalance in one or each of those areas. I want to piggyback off of that because I appreciate you talking about actual chemical imbalances. I always try to be really transparent about my own mental health journey. I struggled with depression for a few years. And um, also to point out what Simeon said, I was very happy when I found the language to describe or identify my anxiety, that these weren't just, you know, crazy feelings that I was having so that's really important as well and um, it is important to get the help when you can get when you can name it you know I think still very presently in our community there's this negative stigma about depression or any mental illness and medication you shouldn't you shouldn't treat it you should just be able to pray about it you should just be able to talk about it but not really and you couldn't call it depression you couldn't call it anxiety you couldn't call it this but um also, just to take a, f- a few more steps back, I think everybody said things that I wanted to expound on, thinking about a community of men who feel angry 
and then you know to break it down deeper to identify it's not anger it's feeling misunderstood it's feeling sad it's feeling alone it's feeling scared but how often in history and in my 27 year lifespan you see those emotions that are warranted like you said those feelings are warranted and we all have a lot to be mad about how often in our community the men can turn that emotion against the women <laughs> and um, that is a reality that we don't talk about enough that we don't acknowledge enough and to go back to what mommy was saying this idea you know that the black woman is so strong and that you know we endure as if that's like a positive quality not like why should you have to endure mm. you know and then even as you were saying daddy that we all we all are just trying to make it and I think it's such a, a a claim or there's such an idea around the black family just the black people the black community um, you know that we're survivors and we've just been able to survive so much and we've just survived and each, and it's just like, but, you know, what are we going to do about the fact that we always just trying to survive, mm -hmm. you know, because that that is mental illness and that that leads to chemical imbalances, our emotional imbalances, hormonal imbalances, imbalances between, you know, your feminine and masculine energy imbalance and communication, mm -hmm. um, all that stuff. Um, I was thinking, we talk about manifestations of, of anger and what you're saying. Um, everybody in the house knows that you have a new TV mm -hmm. in the family room <laughs> because a couple of weeks ago I completely lost my mind mm -hmm. and the TV got broken in the, in the, in the and, fallout. In the fallout. <laughs> in the midst of this complete, my t I, I just snapped. And the thing that caused me to snap was it was just this little news blurb about something coming up, and it was about the Walter Scott trial, the the police officer who was, they had the hung jury and so. In North Charleston. In North She's Charleston. Very close to home. And what they said was that the Scott's family is now getting together to talk about how they can bring peace to the community. And I lost my mind. I thought, they buried their son. Mm. They went through this trial, mm -hmm. and now it's their job to bring peace to the community? Why, why the hell do we have to like suffer and then make sure you're all okay? Mm. And I just, I thought, for once I wanted to see, you know, well, the community wants to see, or others. Scott, you know, you guys, we'll just take care of you. Mm -hmm. You'll be okay. It's not your job to mourn your son, to feel this pain and this anger and this anguish and this suffering, and then go make peace in the community. Mm. And I just, I, I, it was just at that moment where that, it tripped, it, it tripped for me. And I was like, is it anger? Yes, it's anger. But it was also just this deep, as you said, Sydney, it, it was hurt. Mm -hmm. It was pain for them. It was pain for always being in that position where we aren't allowed to just feel our pain because we're still so busy surviving mm -hmm. and making sure everybody else is okay mm -hmm. and and the sense that we're dangerous mm -hmm. don't worry don't be scared of us we're going to make peace mm -hmm. and it's like even in our sorrow mm -hmm. and our right. anguish don't worry don't, don't worry about how hurt we are don't we'll worry about how afraid we are mm -hmm. and i just lost it and and i was shocked that i did because when 
um, the news of the what the trial outcome had come. A friend of mine called me. She said she calls me Auntie. Auntie, are you okay? It's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You know, I'm doing what I got to do. And I thought I was okay. <laughs> and a few days later, I'm sitting there watching a comedy on television. Mm-hmm. And this news blurb just comes up, just the you know the little news reporter and the Scott family. <sighs> and I was grateful. I was grateful that I was in a safe place. Mm-hmm. I was grateful that I was with my husband who lost me. Mm-hmm. He was trying to pull me back to myself. Um, I was grateful I wasn't somewhere else out and about. Mm-hmm. But you know, you're talking about mental health. And that's where I wanted to go to, mm-hmm. um, mental health. I want to talk about emotional detachment, mm-hmm. right? Um, for all this craziness going on in the world, you know, there are some people who feel like seeing how it does not apply to me personally, I'm not even going to acknowledge it. Mm. Because my own son has not been shot, because my own brother has never been to jail, because I've never had any form of police brutality, you know, this doesn't apply to me. Mm-hmm. And so for the people, black people, who feel this collective rage from seeing other black people go through this to then get labeled as crazy or erratic or uh, all these other labels as if there's no reason thugs just absurd you just you just a thug because you mad because another black person was Murdered, and you saw people just get off with not even a slap on the wrist. Mm-hmm. Right. And we constantly see that that image all the time. You know, yearly, month to month, day weekly. to day, weekly. We constantly see that image of something has been done wrong to you, but mm-hmm. there'll be no justice for it. And you shouldn't feel any kind of way. And your job is to make sure everybody else is okay. And I wanted to go full circle back to, you know, the misidentification of certain emotions. Mm-hmm. Right. Having those emotions get you labeled like a thug or mm-hmm. something, whatever, Angry whatever. black woman thug. But I think being emotionally detached mm-hmm. is even more harmful mm-hmm. to us as a whole. Right. To not have any of those emotions, mm-hmm. to not get riled, to not be hurt, mm-hmm. to not cry, to not cry, mm-hmm. to not cry. Um, th- there's a a misunderstanding that people within a racial group need to all act in the same way, mm-hmm. or there and there's a misunderstanding even broader that people in any of any nationality will act in in the same or should act in the same ways as every other living person Mm -hmm. and that ain't so there needs to be a realization that there are different things that can cause an imbalance or Mm -hmm. depression Mm -hmm. in any individual and it won't be the same Per, per group or even within a family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in talking about the Walter Scott family, and if you go even beyond that to the Emmanuel Nine mm-hmm. massacres, grief itself is different. Mm-hmm. There are seven steps mm-hmm. to grief, to grieving. And 
individuals at any time within this grieving could be misidentified as angry, mm. as thugs, but th they're just dealing right. with their or grief. passive. Mm. Correct. That's not what it is. And even if you think on a day-to-day -day basis with any individual, there are numerous things that can cause an imbalance. Uh, there's, you know, that at one time there was a big buzz about people have to multitask. Mm. And Multitasking can cause depression mm -hmm. because you have gives you little time to think and focus on yourself just mm -hmm. to breathe. You're just going and doing this and doing this and then you go on to the other thing and not everyone can multitask at the same level as others can multitask and they in themselves sometimes are multitasking as well, doing more than one thing. And if there is this misunderstanding, sometimes people are read wrong. Mm -hmm. Even if you look at school students, mm -hmm. um, I know at a time when I was uh, in the teaching and I would hear, you know, the other teachers, this was the ninth graders. Mm -hmm. And ninth graders, there are changes. Mm -hmm. And I could, I could see that the, the young black men, they were getting taller mm -hmm. and they were getting bigger mm -hmm. and broader and their voices were deepening mm. and there were some other teachers who would think they were acting out and acting bad <laughs> what what <laughs> they're just big children mm -hmm. and there was no understanding they're just growing up mm -hmm. and they can't act like little white boy little white girls mm -hmm. but seemed it seemed as though that was what was expected mm -hmm. they should always just be quiet mm. and still and they sh could never express themselves in ways that were part of their culture. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I remember that time we got called because Simeon was in a gang and the teacher was like, what, what gang? What are you talking about? We saw, we saw him throwing gang signs. Like, what did you see? Gang handshakes. He did the hand that, like, black guy that, 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 and I was like, wow. his daddy does that. What the are you talking about? The terrorist, the, terrorist. Down, the Obama and Michelle did. I was like, um, oh, for goodness sakes. But yeah. what that does, because even that, you know, what that does to a person to know that who they are is wrong. Is wrong. Is that just their behavior and their characteristics are labeled as wrong. And so you're either going to you know, uh, try to adapt and assimilate into what they tell you you're supposed to be, which is traumatic, or you're going to just risk being labeled a troubled individual because you are trying to be yourself. Well, and I, but one more thing I wanted to say is how frustrating it is, again, that in those type of situations you're talking about, and then not to go off on a tangent, but in regards to people not understanding the Gullah Geechee language in schools, how it again becomes our responsibility to get you to understand or fit into some way that you do understand. It's not nobody else's responsibility to figure out how to work with, how to be, to learn about some other people. Mm. We got to figure out how to assimilate again or how, you know, just, just don't dap. Mm. Don't dap in school because we don't want you to be labeled a gang member. So this is what I'm surmising from the first question about mental mental health. What, what was the first question? <laughs> I think the answer is so so <laughs> wrong about. We were talking about 
the, the first question was, what does mental health and wellness oh. mean to you? We're talking about what it means to us, but I also think we're we are specifically identifying the sources, and these are the keywords that I'm I'm getting from that particular question. We're talking about the multitasking of our emotions, how we don't have time to grieve properly. Mm-hmm. We don't have time to mourn properly. Mm-hmm. We also don't have time to be innocent. Mm-hmm. Whether we are children or 70-year-old black men and women, we don't have time to be innocent because they don't see us as innocent. And when we speak about they, we're talking about oppressive entities. Uh, we're talking about the infrastructure of uh, masculinity and patriarchy masculinity and patriarchy and we're talking about the imbalance that that has caused because we have those particular ailments from those sources now the the next question is what self-care strategies Uh, do you have for 2017 i think one that as our forefathers and foremothers held on to we have to always remember that god is in control and god it is god who controls us god mm-hmm. who controls our thoughts god is god who lets us know if we need them to move out or if we just need to stay still and move out a little later mm. um it's also important to daily affirm ourselves mm-hmm. because we are I think we have to be ready for a point where, as we just said about um, what mental health is, of being misidentified mm-hmm. of who we are mm-hmm. and what we can do or what our purpose is. And we have to be able to affirm ourselves. Those of us who are on um, medication for any physical illness. In our community, there's diabetes, high cholesterol, hypertension. You name um, it. Thyroidism. (laughs) And one thing that I've learned at different conferences, particularly among African-American men, there's this thought, well, if I start with this in a little while, you know, I can be off it because I will be all right, but doctors will tell you, you get on medication, you are on this for the rest of your life. Mm. And that is for your good. If you can modify your health without medications, but most of these medications stay on them or your your mental health will be in balance. I I agree to that because uh, we're talking about self-care strategies and we're talking about I like what you you said about that, Mr. Day, is just, uh, specifically regarding how we talk about diets and uh, black men, black women. Uh, black men, I, I always see us, well, you know, I got to have my red meat and I got to have my full foot, my full pig. <laughs> I got to have my, my <laughs> I got to have this. I have to have the uh, I gotta have my, my candies and whatever it may be. Because we're like, well, that's toughness. You know, I might be missing a lung, but that's toughness. Yeah. I might, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, the doctor said he's going to amputate one of my legs, but that's toughness, you know. And we know that's not. 
Mm-hmm. We, we know that's it's not healthy. <laughs> it's not healthy tough, at all. It's not healthy. You know, and I like uh, piggyback off what you said about uh, well, well, we'll take these medications. Like, well, I'm hurt. I'll take the medications because uh, pertaining to our uh, diabetes or whatever it may be. But those those are not the cure. They're mm-hmm. just they're basically segues into the next problem. You know, so I'm thinking that self-care starts with diet mm-hmm. because if you change what you eat, you change the way you think. And how you feel. Water, 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 mm-hmm. water. As Chris Tucker said, after Kanye said to Mike, Bush, <laughs> to Mike Myers, <laughs> George Bush does not care about black people. Chris Tucker said, uh, please, 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 please. Help, 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 help. help. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm saying to black men, black women, diets, Diet, diet, diet. Help, help, help it. Water, Drink more water. water. Mm-hmm. Green veggies. And we're, we're not saying and exercise. And exercise. We're not Take saying we're not saying take your medications and right now you go throw them in the garbage. No, we're saying examine your med- your medications and are they really like when you think about your health when you were younger? Remember, you could run around and you know walk some miles and you would not be breathing. You know, like you ran a marathon. Think about that. And think about how you still can do that at any age. It's just a matter of diet, mental health, and exercising. I got a mentor who believes strongly in sweat equity. Okay. (laughs) Strongly. As far as exercise goes, I believe if you do not sweat once, at least once every day, something is wrong. I'm not telling you to go out there and do things that you physically can't do. But busting a sweat is good for you. Mm-hmm. It is healthy. It has more benefits for you than sitting under the AC all day. Alright. You leave that right there. <laughs> <you're> dropping jewels. Because when I thought of um, stuff, I was thinking like my journal, when I have a journal on the floor over there. Don't mm-hmm. y'all read it. But um, <laughs> you know, sometimes it is hard. This is mental health, the depression, the or whatever. And I was writing my journal, oh my God, I don't know if I have any hope. And how can we move forward if we have no hope? Mm. I'm in there, I'm like, I have a practice of writing three full hand, handwritten pages a day in the morning, morning mm. pages, which I think I got from the artist's way. And I've been doing it for 40 years, not 40 years, I've been doing it for 30 years, at mm. least, maybe more, more than 30 years. But I was like, I have nothing to write. And then I said, oh, I just said I don't have any hope. So this guy, because then I said, I said, as right, well, I hope the kids can hear safely. Oh, wait, that's hope. Mm. I have hope because mm. I'm hoping the kids get here safely. Mm-hmm. So then I began to just say, I am going to fill up these pages with hopes. Mm-hmm. And this was a, something for my mental health. Mm-hmm. I hope that I don't burn my toast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I hope I don't get caught in the rain. I hope that my friend feels better tomorrow. I hope. And I was like, okay, this I can do this. And my grandmother, who you know, lived through all many things. She used to tell me that she would do thank yous, mm-hmm. her gratitudes, and she would start at A and work through to Z. She would find something for whatever letter to say, I am grateful for um, apples. Apples, okay, yes. I'm grateful for B, B, B. I'm grateful that that B is out there pollinating the flowers. And, and that's just a practice, I mean, in terms of self-care. For me, journaling is, is, is a form of self-care because as Simeon said, um, you know, we have to be able to acknowledge our emotions. What is this? And when I journal, 
I can find out whether what I'm feeling is what I think I'm feeling. Okay. You know, like, mm-hmm. why isn't my husband acting right? I'm mad at my husband. It's like, oh, that's not even about him. <laughs> I would journal and I realize this is not about this other person and I can mm-hmm. identify it. And um, so that's, that's certainly one of my, my self-care strategies. strategies is to take the time. And we get real busy. We do. We get real busy. Mm-hmm. But I have a mentor, an art mentor. And I was telling her about, you know, I travel, I'm a storyteller, I'm a performer, that means I can't get in the studio and paint. And she just looked at me and said, when you're home, get up earlier. I don't understand, you got an alarm clock. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, this is about self-care, and if it's serious, Mm -hmm. if we're going to make it Mm -hmm. through what's coming, Mm -hmm. we have to make the time. Mm -hmm. Another self-care strategy can be to get our minds off of ourselves to mm-hmm. think of whatever predicament that we may find ourselves in. Mm-hmm. Think about friends or family members or co-workers who are also mm-hmm. um, impacted by the same thing. Mm-hmm. Think about them mm-hmm. and uh, be prayerful about or try to think about or thoughtful about ways that they will not be caught in the dark and you find that you will see an opening to the light for yourself as well. Mm. Mm. One of my friends, the one who had called me after the trial, one of the things she does is she sends cards in the mail. Snail mm. mail. Man. Snail mail. She says, you know, and she'll, you'll just get a card, I'm thinking about you. Here's a little poem, here's a line. And she said, you know, I do it and people like it, but I do it for me. I do it for my sanity to think out and reach out to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, like, I I'm part of a 12-step program, and one of the things they they really encourage is every day reach out to someone else, and so you're not so caught up in your own head. Mm-hmm. Even if you just say, "Hey, I'm thinking about you." If it's a text, it's a phone call, it's a text. If you pass that person on the street and they're wearing sharp shoes, and you tell them. Mm-hmm. And I've never ever had that happen where you know, they like, leave me alone. <laughs> They're like, mm-hmm. thank you. Well, I'm thinking about the topic of self-care strategies. And, you know, that's what we're, we're discussing right now. And I think one of my self-care strategies is meditation. Mm-hmm. I love to meditate. And I think I've gotten to a point where I could just be anywhere now. And all I got to do is I don't have to close my eyes. I could just be like, mm, everything's good. And with meditation, it has helped me to talk to both of the energies that reside within my mind. And that has allowed me to find deeper meaning in situations. And then that piggies back to what you said about looking at other people's lives. You know, self-care is wonderful when we're talking about our own mental health. But to say, okay, that person is grieving. How would I feel if I was them right now? Not just separating yourself completely but still being like well what does empathy and compassion mean for me i think that's one of the strategies i use within my meditation how do i see a sense of empathy and compassion for anyone so as we're talking about self-care strategies pertaining to trump's presidency for 2017 because we know 2016 was really rough but if you look at (laughs) america's history (laughs) <laughs> the timeline has been rough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I have yet to see a president where we was like, oh man, black people are winning. Like, 
the oppression and systematic racism mm -hmm. has always been there. And it almost seemed like we were underground, like above ground, but underground doing dopeness, you know, turning things to gold. And yet we're still, we're looking at 2017, like this is going to be the, the darkest years of our lives. And I'm thinking about, I'm looking at my grandparents and I'm looking at my my mother and my father and listening to this stories they're telling me now and I'm like, nah, mm. they done seen some dark times. It's not to compare it, but I still have em empathy. I still have compassion for their narratives and stories too. Mm -hmm. I want to um talk about my own coping mechanisms because a lot of what y'all said resonates with me. I know for one, diet is really important because how I eat and how I care for myself and how much water I drink really impacts how I physically feel and how I mentally think and am able to choose how to respond, take that time. Also, it's really important for me to take vitamins because I um, had health insurance at different, you know, in different pockets of my life. Throughout my whole entire life, I have not had health insurance. I've had it at different times and uh, next year I will not have it. So it's really important for me to take preventative measures to avoid sickness in any way I can and to holistically treat anything that I can. Um, what I did the day after the election when I woke up and found out the results, because I tried to not know the entire day. Um, the first thing I did was say, well, I need to figure out how to extend my um, my antidepressant prescription. Because I don't know what's going to happen next year, and I can't be worried about that. I know that this works, and I know that this is keeping me balanced, and I'm not leaving this up to whatever is going to happen. So those are a lot of the things I do. But also in regards to empathy, I am an empath. Mm -hmm. And so I've heard a lot of good suggestions, a lot of which I take part in, like reaching out to somebody every day or trying to understand and have love or intend to have love for others you know people around you are people who seem to oppose you but part of my coping and self-care sometimes is to retreat retreat yes mm -hmm. and care for myself and learn mm -hmm. how to guard my feelings because i will suck up everything mm -hmm. you know without intending to i i remember one day i was sobbing i was so mad at my parents like they were just they didn't, their phones were dead, and so I just thought they had died. And um, then the next day I was sobbing, and I could not figure out why I was sobbing. And then it took me like the whole day to remember that my best friend was dealing with something with her own mom, and she had lost a friend, and that day she was going to her friend's funeral. Mm. And that's who stuff I was carrying and, and, and responding to all day. So sometimes it's very important for me to check out. Yeah. And that doesn't mean emotionally like tap out or be, yeah. you know, unaffected, but to take the time to understand how I'm feeling and not not get anybody else's juice. You know, mm -hmm. I don't need anybody else's energy because I will take it all. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important because when uh, James first asked the question, my thought was not being ignorant, but there are times when I can't plug in because, you know, now we're all hooked into the social media mm -hmm. and we can turn on and get thousands, mm -hmm. thousands of people's stuff. Mm 
And we as human beings aren't equipped to handle it. That's good. We aren't equipped to handle thousands of people's stuff. It's just not, it's not a natural thing. It's not a human state. And we can be overwhelmed, run over, trampled by everybody's pain. And uh, I, so I say it's really sometimes you could step back. I'm not, I'm not open because as a human being, which is what I am, mm -hmm. I can't, I'm not equipped to handle the world's pain. So I don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So moving from the first question to the second, which was what does mental health and wellness mean to you? We talked about some of the sources. We gave specific origins of where mental health disparities come from within our communities. We went deeper into that, what we could do about it. And then we moved on to self-care strategies. And I think the key words that I pulled out of that was some coping and self-care strategies is to journal, to meditate. Mm, meditate, talk um, about it. <laughs> sweat equity or come exercise. On, sweat. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about diet, the healing power of HIGT, water, water. <laughs> uh, and we also talked about um, <laughs> we also talked about unplugging, unplugging, or retreating. And when we talk about retreating, we're not talking about I go cower in a cave and tremble and my knees and my teeth chatter. We're talking about retreat, regroup. Mm -hmm. And being able to, I, I guess, like if we're talking about an electric car, we got these electric cars out to plug into a source that's healthy so we can recharge. Mm -hmm. You gotta breathe. You know, mm -hmm. you know <laughs> you gotta breathe. And, oh, and you gotta do kind of like what we're doing here find people who you are safe with mm -hmm. to, to support you. Mm -hmm. You know, just. It's just to look in the face and hear the voice of someone who says, yeah, I know, I understand. I think, and we'll be moving to the next question real quick, but to recap on everything, it's really crucial for us to stand back and say, huh, I don't really need that. Part of self-care, I think it's uh, important to let go, to let go and know what to keep. I think that's really important. Moving on to our third question, our last question of the night. So we talked about mental wellness and what does it mean to you? And we talked about self-care strategies. And the last question pertains to the idea of what is your hope for the new generation? What, what does hope mean for the new generation? We're going to start with the wisest folks in the room right now. Well, thank you very much, James. <laughs> <laughs> in the legendary words of Chris Tucker, please, please, please. <laughs> help, help, help. <laughs> so we'll start it off with... Uh, with Ron. What is my hope for the... The new generation. For the new generation. I hope that the new generation will be aware mm. be aware and will be of understanding their families their communities and their country mm. and the world um, there is so much going on in the world affecting everyone mm -hmm. and we need to be aware of it awareness. 
Yeah. What, like that awareness. This is this. Wow. I think the upcoming generation, the current generation, is so cool. <laughs> so, so cool. cool. And you know, I love social media and so like I'm following people. I've got you know, I follow Afropunk and, and Marcus Prime and artists and and they're out there and they that they know that what my generation didn't know, at least in terms of artists, like we were raised to wait to be asked. Mm-hmm. But this new generation is like I will create my art and then I will create the market for it. Mm-hmm. And then I will tell you I'm coming. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, yes, 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 yes. I will learn from you. And so my hope is that um, they will continue to expand in this amazing, creative way. My hope is that they will have gardens mm-hmm. and grow <laughs> stuff. Mm-hmm. My hope is that there will be a world where they can watch the birds and then maybe raise some children to watch the birds. Mm-hmm. My hope is that they will just continue to make music and do crazy wild stuff with their hair that I wish I could do if I had that much hair. My hope is that they will not lie down mm-hmm. for it. And I don't think that they will. And at the same time, my hope is that they will learn from those of us who have been here mm-hmm. and recognize they are not alone. This ain't no new. You, you didn't just wake up in some new construct. Mm-hmm. It's not like, because I've seen, and when we talk about awareness, there are people who are unaware because I've seen like memes that I almost had to slap the computer. I got to watch my tendency device. Oh, um, we ain't your grandparents. We ain't going to let you. White folk, no. We ain't our grandparents. <laughs> we going to. And I was like, what the? What? Mm-hmm. Educate yourself. Mm-hmm. My hope is that as they are aware that they will continue to educate themselves and others. Honor your grandparents. Honor your great-grandparents. Honor your ancestors. That's what brought you to the point where you are now so damn arrogant. Mm-hmm. But, um, right. <laughs> Tell it. But, but I am, I'm pleased and I'm proud and I'm excited. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm from this generation, I am your ally. Mm. And, 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 and I want them to be our allies. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like to see what's, what's happening next. I'm learning from the new generation all the time. Beautiful. All the time. You know, they'll be doing some hydro, vegan, <laughs> organic <laughs> gardens in a garage mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. And, and feeding a neighborhood. And that makes me proud. Mm-hmm. That makes me so proud I talked to y'all shoot I'm sitting here with, with, with you and Sarah and Simeon and um, there are people who we have loved and loved Reggie and Sabrina and, and others I don't even know and I hear what they're doing and what they want and their heart for their community and I go all right mm-hmm. okay in in this new wave of darkness you will shine <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's not the only, you know, this, like you say, it's not like it's some, it's the first time. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's not the first time. Mm-mm. And y'all be all right. Mm-hmm. We will be all right. And, you know, like, we'll, we have your back. You're not alone. We have your back. Go on. Power to the people. My hope for the next generation is unstifled creativity, mm-hmm. a deep, deep knowledge of self, 
And like mom said, you know, that that non-laying down spirit. Mm -hmm. I want them to have that strong sense of fearlessness. Or if there is fear, recognize I am afraid and I move on. Mm -hmm. Or I'm afraid mm -hmm. and I'm going to retreat for a minute and get my strength up and then mm -hmm. I move on. Or like Harriet Tubman, who you know is my girl, we're like this, we're tight like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. She simply re, she simply redefined fear. Doesn't I not only say she redefined Ooh. fear. She said, "Oh, I'm never afraid. Sometimes my heart is racing, my heart is beating like this. That just means pay attention." Mm -hmm. So she just renamed it. You know, for me to be like, oh, "I'm afraid," mm -hmm. she's like, "Oh, my heart is racing. I'm short of breath. Pay attention." Thank you. Thank you for that correction. I want the new generation to understand that they have the power to define. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that. Define. That's powerful right there. Sir? I feel like when I, ha I want to say a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, my hope for this generation and the next is that we truly learn to love ourselves, truly continue to love ourselves. And so I'm just gonna share a few anecdotes. Like in this room right now, I feel completely safe, loved, and cared for. Cared for. There are three men in this room who are straight, cisgendered black men, and I know that y'all have my back 100%, 10 toes down, you know, I don't have to call. If I breathe, y'all will come running. We can laugh. We can cry. I don't always feel like that with men from my community. And, um, you know, oppression. What is it? Like oppression anywhere is a threat. Uh, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. I feel that so much of what we have said today um, speaks to the problems that we have within our community. The misogyny, the misogynoir, the homophobia, transphobia. Mm -hmm. And it comes from, really from just not being able to love ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, not being able to identify the feelings, the hurt. So much, or so often, you know, you'll hear people claiming they want liberation. But as I saw a son of Baldwin quote, it's just white supremacy dipped in chocolate. Mm -hmm. And I'm not looking for, you know, I'm not looking to replace this with black patriarchy. Mm -hmm. The idea is not black supremacy. The idea is that we love ourselves and understand that we are all created in the image of the creator. And I have enjoyed seeing specifically black women or black families just be able to love ourselves and feel ourselves and embrace ourselves and see one another and see our reflections. That has been a joy of mine. And I want to see that continue. And I want people to not be afraid of it. Yeah. You know, don't mm -hmm. be afraid of it. Catch it. It's contagious. Catch it and love yourself so that we can love each other. You know, it's like, I'm not my brother's keeper. I am my brother. Damn, And that I'm is my hope. That touched me. Tell it. <laughs> That's my hope Beautiful. for the next generation. I am not my brother. Baby, that's about to be a hashtag. What's <laughs> <laughs> going on? So I think I might just be rephrasing what you and others have said. My hope is that the new generation will be 
hopeful. Mm-hmm. Do not be cast down. Do not think that there's nothing that they can do, that they cannot move forward. Very powerful words. I like to uh, add my particular thoughts to this conversation for our last question. Um, what I hope, what I wish to see in the next generation is the sense of exploration. I don't want us to lose that. I think we have seen an emergence of people saying, I want to know more. Yeah. I want to see more. I want to do more. And I think we, our culture is that. We are the epitome of uh, how do we manipulate light? How do we do that? Um, ooh, I saw that light. I want to. I want to further that. I want to innovate it. I want to carry that spirit into the next generation. Uh, so let's piggyback over everything real quick right now. So we talked about mental health and wellness and what it means to us, and we talked about how we understand that having balance within our mental health is crucial for our lifestyles, for living, for having open communication, for really being able to address the sources of our mental health issues. And those mental health issues are not being able to grieve, express emotions, having uh, very fluid conversations or, op uh, or open communication. And that has caused us a lot of problems and distress. And then we talked about, well, how do we get not necessarily beyond, how do we understand it and how do we create strategies to help ourselves out from those problems? And we talked about having a relationship with God. Uh, we talked about empathy and compassion as a means for self-care and coping. We talked about uh, sweat equity, uh, putting in the work. You know you have a problem, you know you have an issue. Being in an environment that says, we want to help you. We talked about journaling, um, being able to take that process of inward healing and write it out. We talked about meditation. One of my favorite things, we also talked about research. I love research and stuff. It helps me out. That's, my, that's one of my forms of meditation. I love researching. And we talked about unplugging from social media and breathing. And there's many other things you could add to your list of different self-care and coping mechanisms or strategies for 2017, especially for Trump's presidency. And last but not least, we talked about what is your hope for the new generation? And, you know, basically, I summed it up already, but some of the key words I want you to take from that is uh, honoring our ancestors, educating ourselves, uh, continuing to find purpose in living, being well-read, well-traveled. America is not the only place that exists. There's so many different seasonings and spices and, and uh, the water tastes different everywhere. So uh, <laughs> that's something to think about. Um, gardens and gardens not just for growing vegetables artistically growing things gardens for spiritually growing things gardens for your physical health and um, imagination we talked about renaming fear for the next generation and we thank our participants um, the days family for sitting down after having a wonderful meal and seeing a wonderful movie and being able to open up and talk about these particular topics tonight.